This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Okay. Do you have your Bibles or you want to look on the screen? We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 today and a couple other scriptures throughout, but Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to be talking mostly this morning. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 13. And Don will put it there on the screen. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do the people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine, therefore, before others, that they may see your good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. Christians are nothing more than hypocrites. They say they love everyone, but then they judge everyone. Have you ever heard those words before? Have you ever heard someone express that either to you or directed to someone that you know about being hypocrites? Many of us have heard the words. Many of us has, has been judged by others uh, because of the way we act, because of what we say or what we do. Um, they look at us. Believe it or not, we have an influence, a dramatic effect on those around us. Whether it's by speaking to them or just doing life around them whether it's work or associates um, that you may have at, at the grocery store or something like that, there's always someone and we are affecting someone's life every day as we go out into this world. We directly affect everyone we come into contact with, both Christians and non-Christians. And that's true for individuals as well as for a church. We have an effect on those around us here, even in our community. Knowing that, what kind of impact will you have 
on those that you come into contact with? Do we just want them to see another face in the crowd? Or someone that we may not, um, they may not want to be around? Is that what we want to express to people? Or do we want them to see his impact and what he has done in our lives and the impact that he has had on our lives? There's a story of a preacher down in Texas. He's a preacher of a small church, and he worked outside of the church as well as being pastor. And he was in a hurry one day, and he was running in. He had to get home after work, and he had to stop by the mall, pick up some things for his wife. He had to go pick up his daughter at school, get her back home. He had to go to the church and meet the deacons and have a deacons meeting. And then he had the night field with counseling sessions after that. He was a busy man. So he goes into the mall and he sees a, a sign in one of the music stores that said, two CDs for $9.99. Well, he loved music and he said, I couldn't pass up that deal. So he had to stop and go in and get two CDs that he's been wanting for a long time. And he went up to the register and he waited in line with his CDs and got to be his turn. He put the CDs on the counter put the money on the counter, the girl rang him up, he put him in the bag, and he went on about his business, left the mall, and he got into his car, threw the bag into the front seat, looked at the receipt, and he noticed that the girl at the register charged him $1.99 for two CDs instead of $9.99 for two CDs. And he said to himself, I don't have time to go back in there. And he said, this little small voice said, you don't have time not to go back in there. So he went back into the mall, went up to, waited in line, went up to the register where the girl was that waited on him, and said, ma'am, you made a mistake. And she says, sir, I didn't make a mistake. He said, yes, you did. The sign says, two CDs for $9.99, you charged me $1.99. You made a mistake. She said, no, sir, I didn't make a mistake. He said, what do you mean you didn't make a mistake? She said, let me explain. She said, for 17 years, I've been away from the church. I didn't go. I've been running. Haven't been in church for 17 years. My life has started to fall apart, and things are going bad. So I started looking for a church, and I started looking for one that was near me. And last Sunday, I went to a church, and it was near me, and the pastor of that church was talking about integrity. You see, that was you. I went to your church. And she said, I wanted to see when I saw you in line whether you actually lived what you preached or if it was just something you said on Sundays. And she said, I came to realize I don't even know what to ask now. Where to even begin? Her manager, who was also a Christian, came and took over the register, dismissed the pastor, told him to go on, and he led her to Christ. And that girl started going to church regularly because of integrity, because a man stood up and did what he said and not just preached words from the pulpit. This morning I want to talk to you for a few moments on walking the talk 
and being a Christian influence. In our text this morning, we find out that we are supposed to be the salt of the earth. When Jesus taught this parable, this parable, salt was very valuable. It was a valuable commodity. It was even used uh, to pay the, Ro the Roman soldiers wages in their day. That's how valuable salt was. Today, salt, you can pick up a thing of Morton salt for 89 cents for a little container. It's not that valuable anymore. It, said, it is said that more than 14,000, there are more than 14,000 known uses for salt today. It is estimated that we use 16 tons of salt during our lifetime. That's about 409 or 402 pounds of salt a year. That's what the average American consumes. And salt is a, pre a preservative. It's in the ancient world, they didn't have refrigeration, they didn't have uh, any way to keep meat from spoiling. So they would take and they would rub salt all over the meat. And that would preserve it. That would slow down the rot so that they had had time to eat the, the meat that was there. And they would, they would then uh, slow down the decay of it. Jesus likens his disciples to salt. He is saying that apart from his disciples, apart from uh, those who are Christ followers, the world tends to rot. But the Christian, the Christ follower, has the ability to delay the decay. If we are living the life that God wants us to live, if we are walking the way we should be walking, and not just talking the talk, but walking the talk, then we should be slowing the decay of the world around us. And if you look at the newspapers, you turn on the TV and hear the news, you look at everything around us, it's not working that well, is it? The world is in terrible down, downfall. But that makes us look up, because that means Jesus is coming soon. Amen? So, but salt gives, also gives flavor to the meat. Salt gives flavor to our food. It makes other flavors in our food come alive. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salt again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown, on the, out, be thrown out and trampled on the ground. Salt can't really become flavorless. We know that pure salt never really loses its flavor, but it does get mixed with impurities. And when it gets mixed with impurities, something like sand, then it loses its flavor. It loses its, its effectiveness. And that's what Jesus was talking about. They would know this because most of the time, most of the salt in his day came from the Dead Sea. And they would go out to the Dead Sea and they would sift the salt out of the water and they would then have it and sometimes sand would get into there 
the, the salt. Sometimes other uh, minerals would get into salt, and it would make the salt bitter. And the only thing it was good for was either killing weeds or throwing it out in the street, and they would trample on it and ground it into the dirt. And that's why he was saying it's no good. You can throw it out and grind it under your feet, trample it under your feet. That's what it was like then. It's the same way today. A Christ follower can be all fired up for Jesus and wanting to do what he wants him to do, and then all of a sudden something gets mixed in there. An impurity comes in, and they have to empty out the salt shaker and refill it with the Spirit of God. There's a lot of churches today that need to empty the salt shaker and get filled up with Jesus again. There's a lot of Christians walking around today that they sit in church or people that call themselves Christians who have sat in church for years but have never made that commitment to follow Jesus Christ. They've never made that commitment to to be the salt of the world. You can make a difference in the world. You can make the world a better place if you just engage it in the name of Jesus. If you just engage those around us in our circle of influence in the name of Jesus, those at the grocery store, as Pastor Floyd would say, or those who who slice your meat at the deli, or the pharmacist at the drugstore, or the nurse at the doctor's office, or the doctor at the doctor's office. If we just show God's love to them, if we just show them how God has changed us, we may not even have to speak a word and Christ's love would shine through. Salt makes us thirsty, doesn't it? You get too much salt on something like popcorn or potato chips, you need to have something to drink because you're going to be thirsty. If we are living the kind of life that God wants us to live, if we are walking the walk that he wants us to walk and talking the talk that he wants us to talk, then those around us should be thirsty for Jesus Christ. They should be thirsty to see him in our lives. And when they see him in our lives, it should make them thirsty to want to know more about why we are the way we are, why we don't sit at our desks and look at things on the computer when we're supposed to be working, or why we're not sitting around at the lunch table with other co-workers, and they're telling dirty jokes, and we're not laughing at them. There should be a difference in us who are Christ followers. We should have a difference about us. Not an arrogance, not a I'm better than you attitude, but Jesus makes me who I am, attitude. I am a child of the king. I live like I'm a child of the king. I walk like I'm a child of the king. When I go to church on Sunday mornings and I praise God, it's the same way I praise him on Monday through Saturday as it is on Sunday morning. Too many Christians praise God on Sunday mornings and then Monday night they're out at the bar waiting for their co-workers because it's happy hour. 
We should make the world thirsty to see Jesus. Then it says we are the light of the world. You see, salt is hidden, but light is obvious. Salt works from within, light from without. Salt is more the indirect influence of the gospel, while light is more the direct communication of the gospel. Salt works primarily through our living and the way people see us, while light works primarily through what we say and what we teach and what we talk about to others. Light is more or salt is largely negative. It can slow corruption, but it cannot change corruption into incorruptible. Light is more positive. It can not only reveal what's wrong and false, but it helps produce the righteousness and truth of the matter. I know if you've ever been in a room that's totally dark, last Monday night power went out at our house. It was a planned power outage, and it was supposed to happen from like midnight until six in the morning or something like that. And, and uh, I knew all about it, and you know, most of you know I suffer a lot from anxiety. Well, I got up in the middle of the night on Monday to use the restroom, and it was pitch black in my house. I mean, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. And it immediately threw me into a panic attack and into an anxiety attack. I went around the house finding every candle and every flashlight and every little lantern I could find to turn on in the middle of the night just to get that peace, to know that I wasn't in the dark. That's the way we should be when, when those in the world see us. Our light should be shining bright so there's no fear. We should have confidence in knowing that Jesus Christ is the light of the world and that his light shines through us as we walk through life. God's light is something to live by and it's something to walk by. David said this. He wrote this in Psalms 36. He said, For with you, God, is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. John echoed those comments in 1 John 1.5. He says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. You see, darkness brings fear, but God brings peace. Darkness brings anxiety. God brings peace. The psalmist also tells us in, one, in Psalms 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. You see, when we don't know where we're going in life, when things are too rough and too tough and things look real dark and there's a storm coming, we can count on God to be the light to the path. We can count on God to light the way for us and be a lamp unto our feet 
so that we can see where we're stepping each step we take. In its fullest sense, God's light is the full revelation of his word, his written word in the scriptures, and also the living word of Jesus Christ. We as Christ followers are to proclaim God's light to the world, engulfed in darkness, through our walk and through our talk. We are called to be the salt and the light of the world. We must first be salt before we can be light. Unless our lives reflect the glory of God in what we do, everything else that we say will mean nothing. If we're not backing up what we're telling our friends we are in a Christ follower, then we're not really, our words don't mean anything to them. So how does God do this? How does he redeem us? And what is our responsibility to this call to be salt and light? Paul explains that for us in Philippians 2. He says this, Philippians 2, verse 12, he says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good pleasure. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in the warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with me. A lot of times, Christians are no different, or those who call themselves Christians are no different than the world around us. It's hard sometimes to go into a church and see that it's just the same as the world. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about praise music or anything like that because I love to stand and praise God with the, the music we have, but there are some churches that it's more of a show than it is a praise time. There are churches where they make sure that this is a performance and not a worship experience. There are Christians who, as I said, will sit in the church and they'll be the first ones to grumble and complain about something when they could be doing what they need to do. If we're grumbling and complaining about things in the church, then get up and do something about it. Get up and start serving the Lord. The world thinks first of their own selves and the pleasures of their own what they want. They always want to know what's in it for me. 
What can I get from this situation? There's a lot of people in our churches that feel the same way. They think, what can I get out of this situation? When we come to church, we should be thinking, what is God going to give me? And what am I going to give God this morning as I bring my worship to him? As I bring my praise to him? It doesn't matter who they climb over in the world to get what they want. If you're a Christ follower this morning, that shouldn't be you. You should be worried about who you're crawling over to get to the next level in life. Because we shouldn't be crawling over anyone. We should be helping one another walk the walk. We should be helping one another experience God together. When Floyd asked Don and I to be a part of the the new group that we have on Facebook, um, Loving Your Neighbor, it it was something that we really wanted to be a part of because that's what we should be doing. We need to love our neighbors like never before. You see, we're living in a time today where people are searching. They're searching for the truth. They're looking for the light. They're looking for those who can be the salt of the earth. Are you going to be the salt of the earth this morning? Are you the light that Jesus talks about to those around us this morning? By nature and by definition, light must be visible in order to illuminate. Is your light visible to those around you? Can people see Jesus in you? I'm going to close with a portion of scripture that's found in 1 Peter chapter 2. It talks about who we are in Christ Jesus. And if we take this and we live this and we think about this, we want to live our lives as shining lights before our friends and our family. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not people but are now people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg of you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshy lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works um, which they uh, observe, Glorify God in the day of his visitation. We should be showing people how God loves them. Not just by our words, but by our deeds too. We need to make sure that we are talking and and looking at others the way that God looks at us. The way that he expects us to be. As Christ followers, we are called to be both the salt and the light. We can't be one without the other.
We can't just be salt and we can't just be light. We have to be both. If you're here going to influence the world around you and influence those in your circle of influence, God wants you to be the person he has called you to be. God wants you to walk the walk that he has called you to walk. It's not easy at times. It's difficult. I will, I will put that on there. But the reward is so much greater. Where are you storing up your treasures today? Where do you want your treasures to be? Here on earth? Fancy cars, big motorhomes, you know, fancy boats, whatever. Or are you storing up treasures in heaven? What I mean by that, are you telling people about Jesus and them learning about him and receiving him and they're going to heaven with you? As we go through life, we are to take as many people with us to heaven as we can. It's not about building up a church. It's not about building up a fellowship. It's about building up the kingdom of God. Are you building God's kingdom today? As always, I'd like to just give an invitation. If there's someone here that doesn't know the Lord, I'd like to give an invitation to make today the day of salvation. If you're watching today and you, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just ask him into your hearts. Ask him uh, to, to forgive you of your sins and believe in him, and the Bible says that you're saved. It's that simple. If you're here this morning and you need to to walk a little closer with God. You need your talk to be a little better for God. Then you can make that change this morning as well. As we get ready to sing our last song, and we're going to sing How Great Thou Art again, just a verse and a chorus, just ask as we prepare our hearts to close that we think about who God is to us. Think about if you're being the light and the salt that he wants you to be. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your challenge to each of us to be the salt and the light of this world. I ask, Lord, that you would just uh, speak to our hearts as we sing this last song, Lord, that you're... you're presence would be in it. Father, we just thank you and we praise you. We ask that you just um, speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, once again, thank you for having me this morning to be a part of your fellowship and your celebration. It's always an honor and a privilege to come and, and gather with friends and family here at Crossroads. So we thank you. Go in the name of the Lord, and may God bless you this week. And remember, tomorrow night we have uh, a live on, uh, on the uh, Facebook page, and we have Bible study on Tuesday night. Wednesday night there's a prayer meeting and Bible study. Something to do all week long to get in touch with Jesus. So be a part of it. God bless you, and have a good day. 
We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you and God bless.